Hello, and welcome to BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast, where we provide a deeper look into BIA's current insights and assessments of local media, data, and technology. I'm Nicole Ovedia, Vice President Forecasting and Analysis at BIA Advisory Services, and I'm joined today for this episode by my co-interviewer, Mitch Oscar, who is Director of Advanced Advertising Strategies at USIM. Hey, Mitch, sorry, got to tell the world who you are. How you doing? (laughs) Good, good. Okay. Not that the world needs to know. If you're listening to this podcast, obviously you know Rich. But our very special guest today is Brian Hunt, who is the head of OTT and CTV advertising for Sinclair, which we all know, um, and we all know that OTT and CTV is a very hot topic these days. Brian has been involved in the launch of the fastest growing digital product in Sinclair's history, also known as Compulse OTT, which is a data-driven ad platform. Um, His responsibilities also include Sinclair's rapidly growing local broadcast inventory and national platforms for local news featuring over 300 local broadcast stations, News On, as well as Sinclair's direct-to-consumer advertising-supported OTT service, STIR. Brian, we are so glad you're joining us today. How's it going? It's going good. I'm uh, glad to be here. Looking forward to a uh, great conversation. Excellent. Um, So let's dive right in. I'm actually going to set it up a little differently. So if you've been uh, somebody who's been listening to these podcasts for a while, you've definitely heard us talk about CTV and OTT. Uh, It's a very important topic for a lot of our clients. It's very important as we are forecasting the future of local ad sales. And so we've been talking about it a lot. And we've been talking about the premium content. We've been talking about addressability, cross-platform measurement, attribution, ACR data. And even most recently, I had a conversation about political advertising and the importance of CTV and what that's going to look like in 2022, 24, and beyond. Um, It's really interesting, and you should check that one out. But today, what I'd like to do, having Brian here and his expertise, I'd really like to focus on planning and execution of CTV campaigns. Um, We're super excited to have you here. Sinclair was one of the first TV station groups to enter into the CTV world at all. Um, And your company has had many offerings in this space, which we've already talked about. uh, The News On, the Stir, and also Compulse OTT. So, Brian, why don't we start there? Can you take us through all three of those? Tell us why they exist, what they do, and um, how they help your clients? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, um, you know, I I think the key for any really CTV platform is having the ability to deliver and fulfill the campaigns, right? The advertisers want what they bought. Um, And when you look at Sinclair across our portfolio, particularly our station side, um, where we have, you know, close to a thousand salespeople, we're, we're in, you know, some big markets, but we're in a lot of mid and small markets. So we really had to develop a, you know, platform that was really good at targeting within geos, within DMAs, kind of that, that micro targeting. Um, and that's really, you know, Compulse OTT. Um, and in fact, um, 95% of that uh, to date has been local. And mm-hmm. if you look at all of our campaigns that are e- either, you know, that are local, Half of those are DMA, but the other half are actually delivering in zip codes. So you're talking about very small deliveries, zip codes in places like Boise, Idaho. So you've got to have a really sort of robust platform that specializes in that type of delivery, which is different than, you know, perhaps some other platforms. Um, We clearly went after the tier three and tier two businesses. 
Um, and that's, you know, why the Compulse OTT products really been successful because that's, you know, kind of our backyard. And, um, you know, we continue to invest in the platform, uh, particularly in our reporting, which is a big piece of this. Um, we're one of the few platforms through Oracle Moat that is, uh, you know, MRC accredited because we actually use that on every single ad impression we send out as sort of a voice of truth. Um, and that's been helpful for us as, as, as well. Now, on the national side, and the publisher apps that we kind of own and manage and sell would be News On and Stir. Um, and so um, News On, and those are two ad-supported um, services. Um, news On features broadcast news, as you mentioned, from 16 different station groups. And that's either live or in, or in the most recent on-demand uh, format. And this is local news. This is local ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox stations. And um, you know, when you look at the popularity of this particular app, we're actually consistently within the top three news apps on all of Roku. So, wow. um, you know, it's powerful. I mean, we're beating out NBC, CNN, Fox News, and others. And it really kind of underscores that importance, that popularity, um, and the demand for local news, even if it's in another format such as streaming. So that's really been a home run for us. We continue to grow that. We launched this year on Samsung. We're looking at other distribution platforms. And then Stir. Um, you know, we've had a lot of downloads of Stir, I think over 4 million um, to date, and that features content from 100 different content providers and continues to gain traction. That's more general entertainment, so that's, you know, competing with the likes of, of Pluto and Zumo and Tubi and, and kind of the, some of those um, similarly situated apps. So um, hopefully I answered your question on that, but th those are sort of the impetuses and sort of where we are on, on those three products. Got it. And Stir is all, uh, it's all ad-based. There's no subscription model or anything. And NewsOn, is there a subscription model for either of those? There, there's not. Um, uh, and, you know, some could argue NewsOn could probably support a subscription model um, just with as much content as we have, but we haven't uh, gone there yet. You know, it's, we've got a little over 300 um, stations on there. We we have some I, what I think will be exciting announcements. Uh, you know, probably at the end of this quarter to make with a couple other station groups that are, uh, you know, going to come into the fold there. And we've really sort of been able to herd the cats in the broadcast industry. You know, into into one entity. Um, you know, and it's having that that aggregation that's allowed us to scale and market and and really attract to to be to be considered consistently in the in the top three apps on Roku. That is huge because, of course, hurting these cats is not easy at all, um, but that's a major draw for your platform. And what you're talking about, though, that's the content side. So let's talk a little bit more about what we wanted to focus on today, which was the planning and execution side. So for both Stir and NewsOn, can you talk a little bit more about managed service versus self-service in the CTV realm and also where do, where do these services fall and how do your clients like them, use them, all of that, please? Yeah, so that would be that would be applicable to Compulse OTT, which is an aggregated platform, right? Okay. So, if you're an advertiser, if you're an ad agency, um, you have a choice to make. You can um, hire a platform that's a managed service like Compulse OTT, where we do it all for you. You just send us. We want mails 25 to 54, and here's our commercial, and we want to run, you know, a million ad impressions this month, and we we do it all. We we within those parameters, we have you know data 29,000 different data targeting segments, and and it's full turnkey. Mm -hmm. There's another way that you could do it, which would be um, to do it yourself. There are there are some self-serve platforms such as the Trade Desk and 
you know, uh, Adobe, Xander, and others that you can get a seat on and you can manage your own campaigns. And what that means is you have to go out and sort of bid on and procure your own inventory. You have to put your own campaign metrics in. You, some of these platforms have reporting. Some of the reporting might cost a little more, but is available. And so, um, you know, that's on you, right? But your hands on keyboard has an agency. You've got someone who's actually managing that campaign versus someone uh, that is full turnkey you can call. And those are two very different approaches um, and sometimes used for different reasons. Very interesting. And this is kind of uh, reminding me of, you know, there are different ways that you can manage your retirement portfolio. You can be fully hands-on and dealing with all the buying and trading of stocks yourself, or you can give it to an expert um, that might be able to help you um, better to optimize what you're doing there. So, and you did allude that there are positives and benefits to the self-service versus the managed service. Um, Can you dive in a little bit more on the benefits for each one of those? Yeah, yeah, sure. So if you're, um, you know, if you're a large national agency and you've got Procter & Gamble, right, and you've got scale and you're only targeting the U.S., right? So you're going to run I don't know, 10 million impressions this month and the whole U.S. is a geo and you want to reach everybody 18 plus. That's an easy campaign to manage on a platform, right? So you can go and enter that, you buy your inventory, you you probably have enough scale collectively with all your brands to make a difference. That may make sense to do it in-house. But if you're an agency that's got maybe an auto dealer group, so you've got a hundred different auto dealer groups with a hundred different, you know, commercials, and each DMA has a different amount of ad impressions they have for their campaign goal for that month. Oh, and by the way, it has to run the last two weeks uh, or two weeks of the month only, yeah. and um, you need a certain type of reporting. Um, that gets really complicated really quick, and so you may find yourself having to hire people that you have to have on staff to just sort of administer and manage these campaigns. And so when you look at the cost, you you know, the media buying, you you know, one cost may be 20% or 25% higher because it's managed service. And yeah, you're gonna get that cheaper. But when you add back in the personnel that you had to hire and the mind share you had to take from your other projects within your ad agency, um, you may realize that that is a, a big, bigger cost. So it, I argue that if you have local campaigns, it actually makes sense financially to have that on a managed service versus a self-serve um, platform. And you've got to sort of consider that um, in the context. Um, and that would also make sense to me to have it as managed, even if you are well-versed or you're used to doing stuff yourself. I just feel like this space is evolving so so quickly, so much. I mean, it's, you know, we were barely talking about it before 2015, and here we are. It's the numbers are getting bigger and the technology continues to evolve. And so I would feel like having it managed for you, especially by Compulse, especially by you guys, um, you know, the leaders in the space, you're also ahead of the game. You know how to optimize things in ways that we're not even thinking about yet for your clients and and trying new things and um, and new technologies and new reporting and new attribution and, and all of that. So um, again, you know, allowing the expert to focus on, what they're very good at so that the marketers can go back to making better products. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, um, what a lot of people don't sort of realize when they, you know, think about, you know, doing it self-service, 
you ha actually have to manage your own campaigns. You got to make sure they pace correctly. You got to make sure that the inventory is there. And by the way, when you're bidding on inventory, unless you're, you know, somebody like us, we have a lot of scale. We 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 do contracts ahead of time to make sure we have access to sort of top tier inventory. Um, the inventory is not guaranteed that you're bidding on. And so you get into a political window and you're in a small geo, you may find yourself having to bid higher you, yeah. you know, to fulfill the campaign. So then you have a choice to make. Do you eat the margin or break even or even lose money to fulfill that campaign on behalf of your client? Um, or do you just tell the client, hey, sorry, but um, you know, we only delivered half the campaign. And a lot of times the managed service camp, uh, you know, partners like, like Compulse OTT, we take on that risk. And we delivered 99.999% of our campaigns. And by the way, we had 4,000 campaign lines go through last month. So it's a big operation. And there are you know, other operations of our similar size out there that do, do something similar. But um, we take on the risk you know, for the advertiser to deliver that. And you're doing self-serve. The risk is on you. And the risk could be you don't deliver or that it costs you a lot more than you thought or promised the advertiser. And now you're, you're, in, a, you're in trouble. So that, that's the beauty of the managed service. Yeah, I would imagine if you haven't bought your inventory for the fall already and you're in Georgia or Texas or Florida, that's going to be just, you know, highly political. Um, you're screwed, essentially. I mean, you're going to need some help with that. Um, but but having the scale that you do and getting access to the inventory that an individual buyer just isn't going to have um, makes a lot of sense. So speaking of which, speaking of the size of this and the size of this medium and this market, so BIA is projecting that um, CTV ad spending is going to be over a billion dollars in for local spe spending. BIA focuses on local ads um, for this year, which is nearly double what it did in 2019. And we're also forecasting it's going to double again to over two billion by 2026. So like I said, that's not bad for a media distribution channel that's only kind of been around since the early 2010s. Um, so based on your experience and your insights, and you've been with this media since the beginning um, with Sinclair and, and your roles before them, what are some of the things that marketers and buyers of CTV should really consider when implementing either managed service or self-service campaigns? Yeah, sure. And, and I think that 2 billion local number, um, is going to happen a lot quicker, actually. Uh, you know, it's um, and there's some tier two, you know, revenue that's in there that could be considered sort of national or local, but it's right. it's definitely a sizable, to your point, uh, growing, you know, chunk uh, of of, of uh, revenue. You know, um, one of the things that's in our one of our sales decks, and sometimes, you know, believe it or not, um, there's still advertisers that I occasionally meet with that just aren't up to speed on CTV OTT yet. And I'm sort of doing the 101, you know, pitch, um, you know, out there because either they, you know, stuck with some of their legacy media channels um, and are just now, you know, either because their clients are asking them or they've sort of, you know, woken up um, are, are, you know, learning about the CTV space. And there's a, a slide in the deck that I use that 65% of Gen Z's and millennials have four or more OTT subscriptions. And when I say that, I say, well, do you know that millennials are now 40 years old? I mean, these are the ba these people are the people consuming the products, the houses, the cars, those loans. And if you don't have CTV OTT in your media mix, you will miss out on that group of people. So you've got to move, and that's that's one of the reasons you're seeing billions of dollars literally moving from some of the other medias into 
you know, CTV, OTT, and it's particularly, uh, you know, coming from, in, in many cases, um, linear cable advertising, because that, you know, the, the so many people have cut the cord, right? So when people are looking at budgets, you're seeing sort of that's where I think the most of the money has moved over the last few years and probably will continue um, to move. Very interesting. Um, and you did mention before, I know you're optimistic and you should be and you are. And of course, you're going to continue to be. Um, but I do want to kind of push back a little bit and ask about, are you worried about a potential recession? And if so, what effect it might have on CTV OTT? I mean, are you worried that advertisers, since this is a semi new medium, it might be one of the first mediums that they cut from their budget? You know, if, if the recession does come to fruition, if people are backing off on their advertising um, and are uh, well, why don't you start there? Because I also have another uh, question as well. But are you worried about the recession? And if so, what what effect do you think it would have on this space? So I'm I'm a big skier, and so one one thing you always say is never say the R word uh, when you're skiing, which is rain, which melts away all the snow. And in business, I say never say the R word, which is you know recession. Uh, I said potential, it, it, but, if but you please, yeah. It, no, but it's uh you know listen, it, it is being sort of discussed. Uh, you know whether you're watching CNBC or you know you're on um, you know company calls. I mean people are sort of talking about it, right? There's that fear factor that that sort of is looming out there. Um, you know I, I think when, when you you know, there, there are certain businesses that need to continue to advertise. They will continue advertising. And then there's smart businesses that know that they can grow their market share in a, in a recession when people stop advertising, right? That's the best time to actually grow your market share. And yeah. ironically, you've seen it a little bit during COVID in auto. I'm beginning to see it. Is auto spending down locally? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, because they haven't had cars to sell. But the smart and the bigger sort of auto dealer and dealer groups, they've continued to do some amount of brand advertising because they know that they're going to they're going to build their brand awareness in the local market. And as that you know sector kind of comes back and continues to come back, they're going to they're going to gain market share. And so that's sort of our drumbeat that we're trying to get out there to our sales team is, um, listen, you still need to advertise. You still have a brand unless you're going out of business. You know, you better be advertising. But you know, are we concerned? Are you know, we're not naive. Sure, we, we we have some tempered expectations for the next six months. Is there anything special about OTT or CTV that makes it more compelling? Um, that you would argue would make it more compelling at a time like this un uncertainty in the ad spending market in general, and and why you would press even further for advertisers to be using OTT and CTV at this time? I mean, well, it's just the sheer amount of people that have moved to streaming environments, right? Whether right. it's a live streaming environment or an on-demand streaming environment. So, you know, um, and, and that's the other thing is a lot of the programming we all know is time shifted, right? And so in, yeah. in, in streaming, it's you can watch it in the cloud on demand kind of when you want, and that has ads. And you can participate in having those ads be viewed of your business, right, and your, and your markets. Uh, so um, I, I think... If anything, the streaming piece is going to pick up, whereas other media's uh, may may you know lose a couple points to streaming because the, the sheer amount of people and the size of the pie and people you know move to the streaming environment just continues to grow, and that's that's going to continue whether there's a recession or not. Absolutely, and I think you know cable TV is obviously feeling that the most directly and the hardest uh, to start, but um, I I agree with you that CTV and OTT are going to eat into a lot of other 
medium, uh, the, the advertising dollars that they're used to. Um, one of the things, though, you know, I mean, I, when we do talk about OTT and CTV, people are skeptical. Some new advertisers can be skeptical. And a recent study that I read was talking about how somewhere between 10 and 20 percent of impressions on OTT and CTV are delivered when the TV is off. Like there's all these new studies coming out about different ways that people are using CTV and OTT and how users use it will, of course, affect how advertisers are advertising on it. Um, are you worried about, you know, just the uh, just uh, negative press, if you will, or just as we're learning more facts about this new medium and how it's used and how that will affect the service and people and advertisers willingness to try it? Yeah, and I obviously saw that study as well uh, by iSpot and uh, Group M. I'm, I'm actually getting the, uh, the, the full in-depth presentation in the next week of that because I, okay. I want to really understand the methodology, which particular devices were cited because a lot of the press I've seen is a little um, vague, although I don't deny that there's right. some level of that happening on certain devices. Um, you know, I think that's an anomaly. I think those are technical things that will get worked out just in the early days of, you know, are ads getting served blindly or is there a shutoff at some point? Well, then Roku and other device makers put shutoffs on. And so now you have this sort of anomaly where, well, if you have a, a stick plugged into the TV, but the TV's off, is the thing still serving? And um, so these are going to get worked out over time. Uh, but this, you know, media in general is sort of not, you know, going away. But the one benefit, you know, I just got to remind everybody and why people, you know, sort of value CTV in addition to the fact that just many eyeballs, more people are consuming their video that way is you generally can't fast forward or skip the ads. So in a connected TV environment, your your VCR, your verified completion rate usually is 95% or higher, meaning people are watching the ad because they have to, to get to the content, right? So um, that has a lot of value. And each ad impression, at least with Compulse OTT, is we don't add co-viewing in, is um, delivered one-to-one. -one. So we, you know, we sell you 100,000 ad impressions. That's one ad that got served once 100,000 different times to X amount of unique people, right? Um, and, and it's verified. And we have it verified with a third party using Oracle Mode that those ad impressions actually, you know, did in fact serve. So, um, yeah, I think there's actually more levers of protection for an advertiser in connected TV OTT than there are in some of the other medias which tend to be estimated off of panels and some, you know, antiquated uh, measurement uh, technologies. Very interesting. Um, and so for my last question, I, I was, you know, in reading through your history and your personal, um, Brian, your evolution, your career, whatever you want to call it, I mean, you started, you know, more on the cable side, if I'm correct, and then you really just started your, you, you know, you, when this medium took off, you were right there. You were one of the founding forefathers, whatever you want to call it. Um, so tell us what you're most excited about. Tell us what you think the future is, what we can't even imagine yet, or why you're still in this space and where you think it's headed and, you know, just what makes you tingle when you're thinking about the future and, and everything and all of the opportunities ahead. Yeah, no, and, and, and there is a lot of exciting opportunities. Um, I think it's a you know, um, a unified approach to video. And 
you know, we we obviously by heritage, our parent company, Sinclair, is a legacy broadcast company. We've invested heavily in the ATSC 3.0 technology. Those sets are now being deployed. They can do some really interesting things. And um, we also have obviously a big connected TV OTT business, and we have a, a very big legacy digital business, um, as well as our sports side, which has digital and uh, you know linear business as well. And so as, as everything over time gets digitized, you know, I can see the mm-hmm. point where you would buy an audience of I want to reach um, people with an income over $150,000 that own a home and, um, you know, are Democrats or something. Mm-hmm. And you'd be able to place a media buy and that buy would run over, you know, what was linear TV, though now it could be digital through ATSC 3.0 over Compulse OTT, over News On, over our mobile apps that are on 100 different stations, and maybe over some Valley Sports product of some of our RSNs. And so, you know, I see a day where that's all unified. There's a unified, you know, buying system for that. There's a one bill that the client gets, and there's one way to measure it all, right? And that's sort of the nirvana that, you know, I can see happening. That's unfortunately probably five to 10 years away, but, you know, there's a lot of really smart and interesting companies that are that are working on that right now including yours i'm gonna guess but very exciting that does sound like a very interesting future um and brian honestly i'm so glad that you're part of bringing that future to all of us um and i can't thank you enough for being here today Uh, i truly enjoyed this conversation i learned a lot about sinclair's ott and ctv initiatives and where we're headed um mitch as always, thank you so much for being um, a loquacious and amazing co-host. Thank you very uh, much. And to our audience, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out future BIA podcasts where we will continue to bring industry insights and thought leaders such as Brian straight to you. If you have any ideas or thoughts about other topics you'd like us to cover, let us know. Um, you can send us an email at podcast at BIA.com. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful day. And again, Brian, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And we'll be sure to continue this conversation in the future. Great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Have a great day, everyone.